Hallelujah. Praise the living Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's be seated in the mighty presence of God. Thank you. 
Becoming like the master. That's the title of today's short exhortation and teaching. And King James Version, Luke chapter 6, verse 40, says something. He says, who is having a King James Version here? The disciple is not above his master. Yes. That everyone is perfect yes. shall be as his master. Thank you. King James says, the disciple is not above his master. But everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. And today we are looking at becoming like the master. So what are we saying this evening, my sisters, since there is no brother in the house now? Jesus was talking. He said, the disciple is not above his master. But everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was trying to say something here. And what was one of the things that Jesus was saying? Number one, if we claim that we are disciples of God, we say we are children of God, we say we are brethren, we say we belong to the family of God, then we are not above our master. We are not greater than our master. We are not the one that will tell the master how we want to live. It's the master that will tell us how he wants us to live. And Jesus was talking, he said, you are not greater than your master. I'm your master. Jesus is the master that we are looking at here. And because I'm the master, I'm the one that will show you how exactly you should live your life. And if we look at the scriptures we read before then, there are too many, but let's just quickly go to verse 35. Can somebody read verse 35 in King James? Verse 35 in King James. But do not fear your enemies. Yes. And do good. Yes. And lend and lend. Yes. Hoping for nothing again. Yes. And your reward shall be great. Yes. And ye shall be the children of the highest. Yes. For he is kind yes. unto the unthankful. Yes. And to the evil. 36. Be ye therefore merciful. 
Yes. As your father also messenger. Okay. You cannot read everything. So if you look at what Jesus was saying there before he got to verse 40, it was like Jesus was saying, Ah, you my, my people, listen, oh, when you want to be my disciple, you have to go by my standard. And my standard is a little bit higher than what you have known. In the Old Testament, we were told certain things. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is New Testament. In the Old Testament, we were told that we should not be a murderer. In the Old Testament, we were told that we should not be an adulterer. When Jesus came here now to Luke 6.35, Jesus said something. He said, but I tell you to love your enemies and do good to other people, not expecting them to do anything back for you. Then shall your reward be what? Great. And you shall be children of who? The highest. Then he said something. For God is kind to people that are, don't even thank him and to the evil. If we go up and down, you will see Jesus saying many things that usually that is not what people want to hear. He said, forgive those who hurt you. Be merciful unto them. Luke 6.37 says, forgive and you shall be forgiven. So if you look at the standard that Jesus was putting, on Saturday, we were asking some questions. Some people said, I know, pastor was saying, if you burn candy, you pour oil, you do this. It's not the New Testament practice. What is the New Testament practice? Jesus is the standard for the New Testament. And when you look at the standard of Jesus, it's higher than the standard of the Old Testament. It's higher than the law of Moses. It's higher than what Elijah and the prophets did. Jesus came with a new standard. And Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, then you have to follow my standard. You are not above me. What are we saying this evening? As children of God, we cannot choose our own standard. As children of God, we cannot determine which one we want to obey and the one that we do not want to obey. As children of the New Testament, we cannot say that ah, God, this instruction that you gave me is too difficult for me to carry out. Let me carry out some and leave the other one. I know that you yourself, you understand that as far as this situation is concerned, it's too difficult for me. That's not the standard of the New Testament. The Bible says we are not above our master. So what we are saying this evening is that the master has set some rules. Can we look at all the rules today? No. But what do I want us to know? I want us to know that as disciples, people that are following Jesus, it's our responsibility to look for what Jesus said in the New Testament and to do what? To obey it. If we choose some and we do not do the others, the Bible says we are not yet meeting up to the standard because the disciple is not above his what? His master. He's the master that we set the rules. Now, John 14, 7 to 10, anybody? John 14, 7 to 10. Why must we obey the master? John 14, 7 to 10. If you have been in no me, you have known the Father, but from now on, you know me, and you have seen me. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father that is all with you. 
because you are not above your master. If you have somebody that is under you and you tell the person, do this at so 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 time, and the person says, I cannot do it. If you are somebody that does not like Wahala, what will you do? You say, go your own way. Let me also go my own way. We cannot walk together. So Jesus said, if you are a disciple, you are also, the person that wants to set the rule is the person that is above. Is that not so? The person that is in charge is the person that sets the rules. And Jesus said, when you come to me, realize that you are not the one in charge. I am the master. You are the disciple. I am the one that sets the rule. You are the one that will obey. And then when we look at John 14, Jesus said, Philip said, show me God. Jesus said, if you see me, you have seen God. When Jesus was going to, he had that same belief that when you see my disciples, you have seen who? You have seen me. Is that the kind of life that we are living? We don't have time to chronicle the things that happened before what we read in Luke chapter 6, verse 40. But look at some of the things that is, we say, love your enemies. Forgive people that sin against you. If you are only loving those who love you, it says even the sinners do the same. What kind of standard is our standard? Sometimes we make people our standard. Sometimes we make it look as if God understands that some of his instructions are too difficult to obey. Sometimes as Christians, we make it look as if God, I know that you are a loving God and in your love, you know that some of the things you told me to do, I cannot do it. So I will continue to follow you as much as I can. But Jesus is saying today that you don't have the liberty to choose what you will do and what you will not do. As a disciple, you must be ready to do everything. Okay. Why should we become like Jesus? Number one, Matthew 22, 17 to 22. Matthew 22, 17. We are looking at becoming like the master. Why should we become like Jesus? Today we are looking at Christian lifestyle and character. Number one, do we know what happened in this passage? They brought a coin to Jesus. They said, Jesus, should we pay tithe, uh, not tithe, tax? I said tax. Should we pay our taxes? That's what the simple way to say it. And they were trying to, you know, put Jesus in a tight corner. They wanted to hear whether he would say pay tax or do not pay tax. The same way that sometimes today some people will come to church and say, should we pay tithes? 
you are trying to wait here and here whether the pastor will say pay tight or do not pay tight. Whereas your standard is not even the pastor. Your standard is who? The Bible. Why are you waiting to hear what somebody will say to either justify what you are doing or to excuse yourself from not doing the right thing? So they came to meet Jesus. And Jesus said, bring the coin. That's what happened. And what did he look? He looked at the coin and he said something. What did he say? In verse 20, he said something. Let me read a simpler. King James says, whose image is on it? Is that not so? Simpler translation says, whose picture is on it? Then they said, Caesar's. And then what did Jesus say? Give to Caesar what is what? And give to God what belongs to And what was Jesus saying there? What was Jesus saying there? So Jesus looked at the coin and said, any, any coin you carry, there is a picture on it. Is that not And Jesus looked at the coin and said, ah, this coin is carrying the picture of Caesar. Go and do what you are supposed to do to the government. But give unto God what belongs to God. Now, the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis that we are made in the image of who? God. So whose picture is on your life? God. Simple. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that everybody that Jesus created is made in the image of God. So when you are wake up every morning, the coin carries the image of maybe even your Nigerian note or your coin. It carries the image of some people that they want to use to recognize them or honor them. But for your life, and as far as your life is concerned, your life carries the image of who? So go and give your life to who? To God. If you give back to a child, and a child does not resemble the father, the mother, or anybody in the family. What would you say is the child? They will say the child is what? A bastard. Recently somebody died, a musician, a worldly musician, and today now they say they are going to carry his son for a DNA test to find out whether the son is the son of the musician. But what is Jesus telling us? Why must you be like me? Number one, you must be like me, and that me means Jesus, because you are a child of God. And if you are a child of God, you must carry the picture of God. When people look at you, they should see Jesus in you. So Jesus said, go and give to God what is God's. So the question we ask ourselves this evening is that, how much of Jesus are you carrying about? That's what it means to become like the master. Number two, how do we, why should we become like the master? Because we might not have time to look at everything. He came to make us his sons. First John chapter three, verses one to three. Remember we said we are made in this image. Number two, we are the sons of God. First John chapter three, verses one to three. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, yes. that we should be called children of God. Yes. Therefore, the world does not know us, mm -hmm. because it did not know him. Mm -hmm. Beloved, now are we children of God, 
and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Thank you, sir. So verse 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has shown us, that we should be called what? The sons of God. Some other version says the children of God. And that is why you should carry this, this resemblance of God. It's a very wrong thing for us to call ourselves born-again Christians. And when people look at us, they cannot see Jesus in us. I'm not talking of the Bible that we carry to church. I'm not talking of the cross that you might wear as a chain. I'm talking of the lifestyle that you live. I'm talking of the words that you speak. I'm talking of this condition of your heart. I'm talking about the way we dress. I'm talking about how you walk at your place of work. If they look at us, will they say there is something different about us? Or have we become just like any other person? If we knock on the door of our wherever, will they say these people, they are different? Or they will say, no matter, they are just calling themselves Christians. There's, when she, anything happens to her, it's the same thing we do, they will do. They will shout, they will complain, they will do everything. There's no difference in their life. Is that what they will say? Why should we be called children of God? Number three, because we are empowered to be like Jesus. John 14, 16 to 17. John 14, 16 to 17. John 14, 16 to 17. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. Ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be. Thank you, Mark. So, number three. We are empowered to live this life. Is that not what John 14 is saying? You know the irony with Christians. When Jesus was going, Jesus said, in this world, we will have what? But we should be of what? Good cheer. We have overcome what? Fine. But look at this John 14, uh, this John chapter 14. The Bible says something that is interesting there. It says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another what? And he will never do what? Give you. Even, then 17 says, even the spirit of who what? Whom the world cannot receive. Because it seeth him, no, it cannot receive him, and the world cannot receive him, that's just the bottom line. But he dwells with you and will be inside of you. In recent times, we've been talking about someone in the discipleship class. And who is that person? The Holy Spirit. Do you know that what differentiates us as Christians in this world? Jesus said in this world, unbeliever we have tribulation. You will have tribulation. Is that not so? Unbelievers we have trouble. You will have trouble. True or false? But what, what the unbeliever can never get is unbeliever. Are, because I don't know how to put it. Sometimes when you look at Christians, you hear some people say, since I gave my life to Jesus Christ, what is the difference between me and the unbeliever? In fact, before I became a born-again Christian, things were easier for me. 
Since I decided to follow this Jesus now, everything, trouble, trouble. If I lock this door, it will not open. If I do this business, it will fail. If I put my hand here, don't you hear people say that? And the devil makes it look as if coming to Jesus made life more difficult. So the question we ask is that, is it that Jesus is a liar? And the Bible says, let God be true and all men be what? So what is missing when you are struggling as a Christian? When you are a Christian and you find out that you are going through trouble and you are complaining, you are bitter, you are helpless, you are frustrated, what are the resources have you not used? The Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I am putting something in your hand that will differentiate you from the unbeliever. And that person that I am giving to you is not money, is not friendship, is not job, is who? The Holy Spirit. If you want to live a life that allows you to cruise in the midst of the storm, that allows you to praise when things are difficult, that allows you to forgive when somebody hurts you, that allows you to look at somebody that has done you bad and say, even though you have done me something that is very bad, I have grace to forgive you and still love you. If you want to live this life, who can empower you to live it? The Holy Spirit. And if as born-again Christians, we are not working closely with the Holy Spirit, it will be as if our life and the life of unbelievers is what? So Jesus was going, he said, I give you the Holy Spirit. If we be, when we begin to pray today, if you don't pray any other prayer as a born again Christian, and you see that at times you are overwhelmed, how did Jesus stay in the boat and it was, the storm was there and he was sleeping? How did he go to the cross? How did he do this? How did he do that? You have to ask yourself, God, teach me to walk with the Holy Spirit. Once we walk with the Holy Spirit, because that is the only thing that Jesus has put in our hand to differentiate us from the unbelievers. Unfortunately for us, or let me say for because there's nothing unfortunate. Fortunately for us, many of us are not developing our relationship with the Holy Spirit. So it looks as if we do we are not different. We are frustrated. We are tired. We, are, we want to give up. We don't understand many things. And yet the Bible tells us in the book of Romans that it is only those that are led by the Spirit of God that are what? The sons of God. Because of time, let's quickly move. How do we become like Jesus? We've already looked at one. If we want to live this life, number one, we must walk with the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is not a thing. Jehovah when I say it's a thing, it's not a force, it's a person. When you consciously try to develop your relationship with him, he will come and abide with you. Jesus said he will never leave you. But if you do not develop that relationship with him, if you ignore him, if you are not fanning the flame, if you are not doing things that can make him become alive inside of you, then you will continue to do what? To struggle. But today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, struggle is over in Jesus' name. Amen. How do we become like him? Number two, we must be ready to be trained in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3, 15 to 17. 2 Timothy 3, because <clears throat> discipleship involves training. You cannot train yourself. 
just like an apprentice trains under a master. A discipleship a disciple trains under Jesus. Second Timothy 3, 15 to 17. Anybody? And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation yes. through faith, which yes. is in Christ Jesus. Yes. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thank you, sir. So how does God train us in righteousness? He uses what? The word of God. So Paul was talking to Timothy. He said from a child. What did he say? Did he say from a child you have had good education? From a child you have been working in the church? From a child you have been born into a Christian family? No. He said from a child you have done what? Known the Bible. So the question we ask ourselves today is that how much of the Bible do you know? And then in verse 16, he told us what the Bible will do. He says the Bible will do a number of things. Let me read New Living. He says, number one, the Bible will teach you what is true and what is not true. It will help you to know what is wrong and what is right. I like the way New Living puts it. He said, the Bible will straighten you out Amen. and teach you to do what is right. The Bible will do what? Straighten you out. Because if you don't allow the Bible to straighten your life will be like a, a, a rumpled piece of paper. It will be like a crooked road. But when you read the Bible every day and the Holy Spirit is expanding the Bible to you, you will be able to live according to the word of God. Number three, we will just take four. Diligence. 2 Peter 1, 5 to 10. Diligence, another word for diligence is hard work. Yes, 2 Peter 1. 5 to 10. We are looking at how we can become like Jesus. Number one, we said with the help of the Holy Spirit. Number two, we said training in righteousness. Number three, we said diligence. 2 Peter 1, 5 to 10. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to faith and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience Godliness and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. But he that lack these things. Blind. But he that lacketh these things is what? Blind. Blind. Yes. Uh -huh. And cannot see afar off. And cannot see afar off. And have forgotten that he was born from his old sins. Thank you. Yeah. Let's lift him. So let's look at what the Bible is saying because it's not me that is talking, it's the Bible. Verse Peter, 2 Peter 1, verse 5. It says what? Let me read a simpler translation. It says, New Living Translation, then your faith will produce a life of excellence. Can I hear the word excellence? Excellence. Your faith will produce a life of what? Excellence. And excellence leads to knowing God better. I'm reading New Living. 
Then knowing God will lead to self-control. What self-control? How do you know that you have self-control? You can only know that you have self-control when some, you are faced with something that you should react terribly and you control yourself. How else do you know that you have self-control? There's no other way. When somebody comes to annoy you, what is coming to test is your self-control. When you are married and you're a wife or a husband, does sometimes say, ah, I'm I, I thought I should just give it back to them, word for word, fire for fire. But something inside you is saying, pipe it low, pipe it low. It's not the voice, and the devil is saying, oh, don't behave like a fool. You know that if you allow this rubbish to pass now, they'll come and stamp your head again. You are not a fool. Christianity is not stupidity. You have to be able to know whether that voice you are hearing is a voice of wisdom or the voice of the devil. That's self-control. And it says self-control leads to what? Patience, endurance. Let me read King James. Self-control leads to temperance and to godliness. And godliness to brotherly kindness. That's love for Christians. That's what the Bible is saying. And then finally, you will grow to have genuine love for everyone. There's a difference between brotherly kindness, it says, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. It's not mommy charity now. Brotherly kindness is showing love to Christians. Charity, as the Bible talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, is that love that the Bible says it is patient, it is kind, it's not every, uh, easily offended, it does not believe wrong. That's charity. There's a difference between brotherly kindness and what? Charity. charity. So when we are talking of charity, we are going to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and you'll be looking at say, hey, God, how am I going to do this? He says, you do not even keep... So somebody offends you today, and when you hear that something happened to that person next week, you will not say, oh, no, no, no. He was talking to me anyhow in the church. God, don't catch him. God has fought my battle for me. He has gone to do something. That's not charity. But the one that interests me is verse 9. Let's look at verse 9 together. He says, so if we don't have all these things, how does the Bible describe us? Short-sighted. We are short-sighted. That's New King James Version. Original King James Version says, you are blind. So when you say, ah, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm walking in the light. Ah, I have the light. I have the light of God in me. I have the light of God in me. I have the spirit of the Son of God. I have the light of God in me. And inside your heart is bitterness. Inside that heart is unforgiveness. Inside that heart is impatience. Inside that heart are all those things. What light do you have? Qualify the light. Because the Bible says you are... <laughs> you have light of the world. I didn't see that one in your mind. So, we are looking at becoming like Jesus. And what we are saying this evening is that uh, I read something from um, uh, Mrs. Bishop, I don't know what Bishop Oedipus' wife. You know, she said something. She said, as Christians, forget the title and do the work. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. Sister is a title. Pastor is a title. Reverend is a title. He said, God does not reward titles. God rewards the work. 
So if you say, I'm, I'm a deacon, I'm a this, I'm a that, and your life is going in the opposite direction, God is not going to reward you because you are a deacon, even though the pastor and the church are saying you are very good. God is going to reward the life that you live. Say, forget that. You say, the problem with the church is that because we have order and we must cause some people certain things, they forget that God does not reward the title. God does not reward that showmanship. God rewards the life you live and the work you do. So if we want to be like Jesus, we must be careful the way we do what live. we live. Okay, we will not look at other things, but we've looked at three. We said one, the Holy Spirit, two, training in righteousness, and three, we've looked at Second Peter chapter one, verse three. Okay, Matthew seven twenty nine. Let's quickly look at that. Matthew seven twenty nine. We are looking at becoming like Jesus. Anybody there? 28 to 29, anybody? And so it was when Jesus has ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. Mm -hmm. For he taught them as one having authority mm -hmm. and not as the scribes. Thank you, sir. The Bible says when Jesus taught, when Jesus went to teach, the people looked at him and said, there is something different in the way Jesus taught. We have been hearing this thing, but when Jesus taught, the Bible tells us that he taught them like somebody having what? Authority. So when we become like Jesus, when we are living like Jesus, when we are not living a double life, when we are, sometimes we are deceiving ourselves, when we are not deceiving ourselves, the Bible tells us that we will become like Jesus. And if we become like Jesus, we will have what? Authority. Authority over what? Number one, over sin. Over sin. Because that place we read in 1 John said, anybody that has this hope does what? Purified himself. What does it mean to purify? When you take water, you put it inside filter, that also it removes sand, stone, dirt, color. When you drink it, you say, this water did not endanger me. Why are we complaining about the stream here? Because the water is not purified. And anytime you take something that is not purified, instead of it to make you healthy, it makes you what? Sick. So if you are carrying a Christian life that is not purified, instead of it to do you good, it does you what? Bad. It also gives you authority over the flesh. We can't go to Galatians chapter 5, but we know the works of the flesh. Is that not so? Let's quickly go there. And then finally, authority over the world. That's authority. Authority does not come by putting a cloak. It's the life that you live. Because that authority comes from heaven. And it's only God that can give it to you. Anybody that sees the works of the flesh, can we just quickly read it? Now, verse 19. Yes, sir. The works of the flesh are evident, mm. which are adultery, mm. fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, mm. Jealousies. Thank you, sir. Let me continue with a new living translation that is simpler. Let me go to verse 20. So 520 says, idolatry, host hostility, quarreling. Do we know the meaning of quarreling? Okay. Jealousy. Do we know the meaning? 
Outburst of hunger. That shows that you don't have what? Self-control. Selfish ambition. Division. The feeling that everybody is wrong except you in a group. That's what you living in say. You know some people, they believe that it's only what they say that is correct. Eh? Envy. Drunkenness. And different other types of sin. But today, what's the Holy Spirit telling us? That if we want to be like Jesus, we've looked at certain things. It goes beyond how we physically look. It's more about how we are where? Inside of us. And the kind of time that we are spending in the secret place. And the kind of relationship that we are having with who? The Holy Spirit. But if you don't take anything away from here, this take this word. When Jesus was going, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will give you who? The Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, the only people that can have it are my children. So if we are struggling with any of these things, unforgiveness, hatred, hostility, anger, lack of self-control, all those things that we cannot see on our faces, but they are making our authority weak. Who should we fall back on? The Holy Spirit. Let's be on our feet, stand. They tell you one, you must say five. That's not the Spirit of God. We want to begin to pray. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to be like who? Like Jesus. When you see it in the Bible, stop going to ask for people. And unless you truly don't understand. Many times the question we are asking is not as if we don't understand. We are just looking for somebody to justify what we don't want to do. Whereas the Bible is there. And the Bible will teach us all things. Father, help me to be like Jesus. Begin to talk to your Father in heaven.